Welcome to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. I am your host, Roy Biancolana, and I hope things are going well for you wherever you are in the world and whatever you've got going on. And today, um, I'm excited to begin a new five-part series that I am titling Trigger Warning. All right, we're going to talk about why we get upset why we're bothered, why we get reactive, why we become triggered, and of course, what to do about it. This is one of the most down-to-earth, nuts-and-bolts things that we can talk about for our lives because hardly a day goes by that we don't get triggered by something to some degree especially when we talk about relationships, especially if you do any online dating, you're going to get triggered by the way people respond or don't respond about how dates go, how relationships progress or don't, things people say, things people do, the confusion that can happen, right? I mean, one of the universal truths of life is You can't escape, really, I don't think you can escape being triggered or being upset or frustrated or becoming reactive to things that happen in the world because there's just bizarre things that we do as humans and weird things happen. So I don't think the goal is to try to live a life where nothing ever bothers us or triggers us. I don't I don't even, maybe that's possible for some of the real mystics, but you know, for all of us normal people, I think the goal is to recognize that that's going to happen. And so what can we learn from it? How can we respond to it? What what can we understand because of it? And so this series is going to be more about helping you understand yourself and you know other people by proxy right the more you understand yourself the more you understand everyone because on a lot of basic levels we're all the same right we may be from different parts of the world we may be different genders we may be different races different nationalities But there are a bunch of things at a fundamental level that are all the same. And so when we grow in real, true self-awareness, we not only understand ourselves better, but we sort of understand what makes us all tick. And that's really what this series, I think, is going to provide for you. Maybe a level of self-awareness that you've never experienced before. At least that's my hope. Okay. And 
because this is something that, you know, my favorite spiritual teacher, Michael Singer, you know, you've heard me speak of him and I've had some of his recordings on this podcast. I think I'm going to do another one of his recordings in a couple of months from now. Um, one of the things that he's always said, and at first when I heard it, I thought it was a little bit of an overstatement, but the longer I live, the more I work on myself, the more I work with clients, the more I think it's true. And then he said that, that the only important spiritual practice that we need is what he calls clarity of understanding. You know, he, even though the guy's done years and years of long sitting meditations, um, he doesn't really teach meditation. He doesn't insist that we practice it. It's not, it's not a, a fundamental of his. It's not, I mean, he, he basically says, if, if you want to meditate, that's great. If you want to do mantras, if you want to do other spiritual practices, that's eh, great. Uh, no problem. He said, but I just don't stress those things. I don't teach those things because I really think the only technique or, or spiritual practice you need is clarity of understanding. You just need to know what's going on with you. In other words, he's saying what you really need is self-awareness. You need to kind of really get it as to what's happening. And so that's what this series is going to be about. It's going to be about helping us sort of get a level of clarity of understanding ourselves and what's going on when, when we're triggered. Okay. Now here's why perhaps you've heard, it's almost a cliche now, but perhaps you've heard the phrase, you are never or not very often. Are you upset for the reasons you think you are? Okay. That's a common phrase. You're in psychology and in, in the world of counseling and therapy and so forth. It's sort of understood that you're not really upset for the reason you think you are. And what that's pointing to is that very often there is something on the surface. Something happens in our lives. Someone says something or does something or there's a situation and experience, you know, something's going on. And we're upset by that. We're triggered by that. We're reactive. We're scared. We're whatever it is, right? We, we, we feel that inner turbulence, you could say. And, you know, on the surface, we're like, yeah, I, well, I'm upset because of that, because of what they said, because of what's happening, because of, you know, I might lose my job because somebody ghosted me. And then, if you look closer, you begin to, uh, to understand that, yes, that, that's an issue. That's a part of it. But there's something much deeper underneath it that is really why you're upset. And that's where this series is going, is I want to point out to you that when we dig a little bit deeper underneath our surface reactions to things, that you will find that there are deeper things being triggered in our lives. So let me see if I can give a little bit of an example of this, or at least show you the, pro the progression from the surface thing to understanding maybe the real reasons or the deeper reasons we get triggered. So just imagine 
I don't know, you're, you're dating someone and, and you're supposed to see each other again this weekend. And it's a very new thing. You met online, you had a, you, 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 you had a first meeting and you hit it off and you're getting together again now for your first legitimate date. And then they just disappear on you. Okay. They, they, they just, um, don't respond to any of your messages. They, they just, they're just gone, right? You, you, they just kind of ghost you, right? Very common thing that happens. But even though it's common, it doesn't mean that it doesn't set us off, that it doesn't make us angry and frustrated with the dating process. And, and it doesn't, um, irritate us and, uh, hurt our feelings and that kind of stuff, right? So that happens. And on the surface, a number of things take place, right? You have probably some body sensations when you don't hear from them. And then you reach out and say, hey, you know, I thought we were getting together this weekend and there's no response. I mean, they're just gone. So your stomach might get in knots, right? You might feel, you know, different energies in your body that surging through your veins, your muscles might tighten up, your jaw might get tight, right? So when we're getting triggered, there is usually a somatic experience, right? You're, you, you have feelings in your body. There's sensations that happen. But also you might notice emotions of anger or sadness or hurt, right? And then your mind starts to say things, you know, what's going on? Did, did I do something wrong? And so, so you begin to notice that when you're triggered, there are sensations and there are emotions and there is racing thoughts, right? Your mind starts to try to explain it, tries to figure it out, tries to make sense of it. And so you're basically a mess, right? We've all experienced this. And it can happen from anything. It can happen from somebody walking past you at work and not saying hello. And you can notice that your body has a reaction to that and your emotions get stirred and your mind starts to wonder, are they mad at me? Right? It, it, can, it can happen. You hear rumors of, of, of layoffs or, heck, your mother could call you and you see her name on your phone. And right there, without even answering the phone, you know, you could notice, oh my God, my stomach just went into knots and I'm, I, I feel angry or some, or sad or scared or whatever. My, you know, my mother's calling me and then you might have thoughts that she's going to nag me about this or she's going to be complaining about something or she's going to need me to come over and take care of her or do something and right. So these trigger things come from all over the place. They, they literally happen all the time. In fact, I think sometimes we don't notice how often we're triggered because we're triggered so often that we don't even notice it because it's, you can almost, <laughs> I hate to say it this way, but you, once you start to really notice what's happening inside of you, you can sort of notice that you're, you're living in a level of trigger almost all the time. It just sometimes it gets worse than others and you really notice it. But there's, there's, there's almost this sense that there's an uneasiness within us all the time 
and I don't want to get too bogged down in all that, but I just gave you some of those examples of things on the surface that happen and you notice it in the sensations in your body and the emotions are stirred and the mind starts to race and to, to talk and try to figure out what's happening and so forth. And I'm not saying that when your mother calls you that that's not a part of why you feel the way you feel. I'm not saying when somebody walks past you in the office and doesn't say hello that that's not a part of it. Uh, I'm not saying when somebody ghosts you and just disappears out of the blue with no explanation, no contact, no nothing. I'm not saying that that isn't a part of the reaction. What I'm saying is if you experience that and you dig a little deeper, what you're going to find that there is something that you want in that moment that you're not getting. And it's that want that is really responsible for your trigger. Okay? Now that needs some explanation, but sit with that for a minute. That the real reason we get triggered is because in the interaction, in the experience, in whatever's happening, being said or done, underneath it all, we are wanting something and we're not getting it. We feel we're lacking something or missing something or needing something and we're not getting it from that person or that experience or that situation. And there are five of those things that we want. And they're sort of universal for us human beings. So I'm basically saying that as a human being, no matter who we are, where we live on the planet, anything about us individually or particularly, it doesn't matter that at the core of our being, we all have five basic things that we want. Their ego needs, and we all have an ego. We all have a sense of self. Okay, the ego always gets a bad rap. We talk so negatively about it. But it's just the sense of self. It's just the sense of me, right? So the ego certainly can get us in trouble. It's certainly, yeah, it, it, there's, there's some things about the ego that we need to transcend and so forth. But the ego has these five basic wants and they're common amongst all of us. And there really isn't anything wrong with them. They're, they're just part of being human. Yeah, they're just part of what it means to be human. We want these things. So what are they? They are a wanting to feel secure or safe, security, safety, stability, right? We, we want to feel safe and secure. The second one is we want approval, right? We want to feel noticed, valued, loved, appreciated, seen, desired. We want approval. Third, we want control. Do we not? <laughs> Have you noticed how much of a control freak you are? Like we want to make sure that we're going to be okay, that we are okay. So we want to control our environment. We want to control ourselves. We want to control the people around us 
because we need we we have this instinct of things need to be a certain way and then I can be okay, right? So we want to control things and people. Okay. Fourthly, we want to feel connection or oneness. We want to feel like we belong, that we're a part of something or someone, that we're not isolated, we're not alienated, we're not alone, right? So there's a wanting to feel connected. But then on the opposite side of that, the fifth one is there's also a wanting to be separate. There are times that we want our autonomy, where we don't want responsibility. We don't want to be involved. We need space. We need to be left alone. We, we need to get away, you could say. Okay? Those are the five core wants, and every human being's life is wrapped up in those five things. Some more than others, right? As we'll talk about as the series goes on, you may find that one or two of them are really important to you more so than the others. But when you look at yourself, you look at anyone, you're going to see that all five of those are operational. They're all there. And there really isn't anything wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with wanting to feel safe, (laughs) There's nothing wrong with wanting approval or wanting control or wanting to be connected or wanting to be separate. There's nothing wrong with it. It just depends on where and how you go about getting those wants met. That's the money statement. We all have them. It just depends upon how you're going to try to get those wants. Okay, But back to the clarity of understanding. What I'm saying is that when we get triggered, somebody ghosts us, somebody walks past us at work, there's rumors of layoffs, your mother calls you on the phone, you know, whatever it is, whatever bothers us to any degree, really. Sometimes we get triggered and we are raging. We are so upset, right? Other times... It can be more mild and we just get miffed or we just feel a little scared or sad, right? So there's a real spectrum of when we're triggered, right? The road rage to, yeah, somebody walks past me in the office and I'm like, what's their problem? You know, like, uh, what did I do? Like, what the hell's wrong with them, right? It's, it's a mild thing, although it's real, but it's mild compared to You want to slam your car into someone because they cut you off in traffic, okay, right? What I'm saying is whenever we're triggered, you will notice the sensations and the emotions and the thoughts. But if you dig a little bit deeper, what you're going to find is that situation is not giving you something that you want. You're going to notice that underneath it, when that person walks past me in the office and doesn't say hello, oh man, it that triggers my sense of, I want approval. Like I feel unseen. I feel ignored. I feel disliked. I feel unnoticed, right? And you might sense, man, the real reason I'm upset about that is because I'm 
I'm wanting approval from that person because that person who walked by me is my boss. Didn't say a word, you know, or when you get triggered from somebody ghosting you, you might find, but really what I'm wanting is to, is oneness to be connected. This person just disappeared on me. Okay. Or you hear rumors of being laid off or the company downsizing or, you know, getting bought out by another company and you think that your job, your position, your department might be on the chopping block. And you might say, man, I'm really wanting control. That's really why I'm so triggered by it. And so this is a big part of being self-aware is not only knowing and recognizing what's happening in my my body when I'm triggered, my sensations, my emotions, my thoughts, noticing that, but digging a little deeper and saying, at the root of this, which one of my core wants is being triggered here? Which one of these wants, or maybe more than one, is the real reason that I'm upset, that I'm reactive, that I'm frustrated, that I'm sad, that I'm scared, Now, this just takes a little bit of work. Uh, It actually just takes you asking the question. And so a piece of homework here for you in the middle of the podcast. The next time you get triggered by something, maybe you're watching Fox or CNN and somebody says something, right? And you're like, fuck, you know, you just get, you're like, what the hell is that? That's dumb. That's stupid. Or, or you see a particular politician and they just seeing their face, you can feel a rejection. You can ask yourself, okay, so if I'm triggered, what Roy is saying, it's always because one of those wants is involved. Every time. You cannot be triggered and not have it be tied to the wanting of security, approval, control, connection, or separation. You can't. They're one and the same. They're synonymous. So the next time you feel triggered, ask yourself, what's being triggered here? What am I wanting that I don't feel that I have? And you will have aha moments of just understanding yourself. Wow. I, I don't feel safe. I feel, I don't feel secure. Wow, I'm an approval addict. No wonder why I'm a a people pleaser. I'm addicted to people's approval. I'm a control freak. Man, I feel isolated and alone. I want to connect. I want to belong. I want to be a part of. I want to be included. Or people are up in my business. They're in my face. I want to get away. I need to be separate. You know, maybe your boss walks in Friday and puts a load of work on your desk. So I need this by Monday and you're going to feel triggered. Why? Because I don't, I don't want this responsibility. I want to be separate, right? (laughs) That's what you might be feeling in that is that this person's intruding on you and overwhelming you and you know, you want the space, you want freedom, you, you want the, you don't want the responsibility of that. Right, So that's what's really going on is you feel trapped because you're wanting 
to be separate. You're wanting freedom and you feel trapped. That's really why you're triggered. Okay. Now, when we really get at which one of the wants is being triggered and we're aware of what it is, then we can deal with it. That's where the money is. Once you know what's really going on and why you're really upset, well, then you can deal with it. And what happens with us human beings is that we have these core wants. And again, the idea is not to get rid of them. You won't get rid of them. <laughs> they are part of what it means to be human. It's, it's just going to be what do you do when you feel like you're lacking it? Now, the conventional way is to go outside of ourselves and to attempt to get our core wants met by people, places, things, and circumstances. That's the normal way of living. That's the normal way the ego operates. And we all do it. We all can fall into it. You know, if you're feeling lonely and disconnected, okay, so you're wanting connection. You're going to try to go outside of yourself and find a partner. Because if a partner loves you, you're going to feel connected. Do you follow me? If, you, if you're wanting security, then you might go outside of yourself and say, I want to find a new job, a better job, a higher paying job, a job where I feel like the company is on solid foundation and you know they're not going to reorganize or get bought out. You follow me? So we have these wants and it's all about what kind of what are you doing about them? Are you going outside of yourself like everyone does? But what you're going to find when you do go outside of yourself to find something that will make you feel secure or give you approval or try to control things outside of yourself or to find connection or separation, what you're going to find is it's really a roller coaster because you're depending on people and circumstances. And people and circumstances are by their very nature unpredictable and untrustworthy. In the deepest sense, people aren't trustworthy. Their feelings change. What they do changes. You really can't control them. They die. Circumstances aren't trustworthy. Right? Life is impermanent. Things are changing all the time. This is where our drama comes from. We have these core wants and we're trying to get them from outside of ourselves but everything outside of ourselves is untrustworthy and unpredictable and comes and goes and you really can't control any of it. So you live in this state of drama. I'm wanting approval from my parents, from men, from women, from my boss. And sometimes I feel it, but a lot of times I don't. And right. So this is what happens with these wants. So the one option to dealing with the wants that you and I all have is to go outside of ourselves. And if you haven't figured it out yet, that doesn't work out very well. The other, uh, the other option is to learn what it means and what all the spiritual masters and mystics teach from Jesus and Buddha to the common day spiritual teachers and Michael Singer and 
Eckhart Tolle and any of these people that really work on the human condition is what does it mean to source these wants from within? What does it mean to be the source of your security? What does it mean to be the source of your own approval? What does it mean to be the source of control, of oneness, of separation? How can we give these things to ourselves? How can we find that they are already here, that we are in fact not lacking them and not missing them, even though it certainly looks like it and it feels like it, right? When somebody ghosts you, you were excited about someone, you thought this might go somewhere and then they just disappear and you feel that loneliness, that disconnection and you want to connect with someone, you want to belong, you want to you know, be cared about and to care about someone else, right? You're wanting that oneness and then it's, and, and then it's poof, they're gone like a ghost. You know, it, it certainly feels like you are lacking connection. But the spiritual mystics all say that there, there is a connection that's there that has nothing to do with another human. That you are one with life. That you are connected to God or source or the universe or whatever you want to call it. Right? So what happens when these wants are triggered is we either try to get the world outside of us to give us what we want or we can do the much more difficult work of recognizing that I can give that to myself and that all the security and approval and control and connection and separation that I ever could ever want is already here. And so I don't need it from you. Okay, so that's an overview. We're around the 30 minute mark now. That's an overview. And I just want to spend a couple of minutes now talking about the first one which is the wanting of security. This is the survival instinct. This is the basic thing of all life on the planet. Everybody, everything is just trying to survive, right? You watch animals in the wild. All they're doing is looking for food and trying to stay alive. And if you kind of look at people, what are we doing? And we're pretty much trying to look for food and stay alive right? There is a survival instinct. I think it was, if I got my psychologist right in my head, I think it was Abraham Maslow that, you know, back in the fifties or sixties, maybe even earlier than that, he came out with the hierarchy of needs, right? That pyramid need. And and the, the very bottom of the pyramid is that we need to feel safe, food, shelter, right? There's a, a security thing. And then at the top of it, we're looking for self-actualization, Okay, But the basic one is this sense of survival, safety, security. Now, what do I mean by that? That we have a fundamental wanting to feel safe. Well, I do mean that physically, right? There is a sense of wanting to be physically safe, physical survival, right? It, it's not as bad as it was hundreds of years ago where... 
you know, we as a human race really lived in the wild. And so we were at the effect of the elements and wild animals and other tribes. You know, the lifespan might have been 25, 30 years old, right? So there was a real big wanting of security um, and survival and safety from just a physical standpoint. But there's still some of that. You know, there's still, you can be walking down an alley and boy, I'm really wanting to feel safe, right? Um, Survival and security are something. But more than the physical survival instinct, there is a financial survival instinct. There is an emotional survival instinct. Let's talk about the financial thing first, right? You know, the economy goes up and down. There's there's inflation. We went through the COVID thing. We were all locked down and our sources of revenue dried up. The stock market crashes, right? And we can really feel triggered. We can really feel scared by the financial turmoil. I've already mentioned about our Places that we work could be up in the air and layoffs and things. So you can feel the wanting of financial security. Now, in those moments, there is the opportunity to, to admit, of course, I do want a job. And of course, I do want enough money to pay my bills and to be able to you know, not live on the street in a box. Okay, fine. But when those things are in jeopardy and the market's all over the place and perhaps you don't like the political direction a country's going in and or you know, you're not sure about your company and the leadership and you feel that inner restlessness, that inner fear, I guess, of what's going to happen financially in my security – There is the opportunity in that moment to rest into the security that's already there within you. There is a chance to source a sense of recognizing that in the present moment, you are okay. You are safe. Yeah, the job might come and go. You might get a pink slip. You might be let go. And yet you can find a sense of, I'm going to survive. I'm okay. I'm in good hands with Allstate. Allstate is an insurance company in the U.S. They had a slogan used to call to say, you know, if you get insurance through us, you're in good hands with Allstate. There is this sense when you do your spiritual work that you're in good hands, no matter what's happening on the outside of you and your financial security, that there is a place that you can find in you that is safe, that is secure. It's like the eye of the hurricane, right? On the outside of the hurricane, it's a mess, right? The wind's blowing, there's debris, it's chaos, right? But in the middle of the hurricane, there is this eye, this place of peace, of stillness, And what I'm inviting you to 
is into the journey toward finding your eye, finding the eye of the hurricane inside of you. That when things don't feel very safe physically or financially, can you source from within that place of stillness, that place of silence, that that place of grounded security? It really is there. It really is there. Instead of going outside of ourselves and trying to get things organized in a way or get money or manipulate things or and get no sleep at night in our effort to figure out and, and make ourselves feel secure and safe. Not that we should never do anything to improve our finances or things like that, of course. But can we find this deeper place that's right here now that is secure, regardless of whatever else is happening? So the question I'm going to be asking you all along the way is, can you let go of wanting security from the outside just for now as best you can? And can you rest in the security that's already here right now? And you breathe with that. Doesn't mean you don't look for a job. Doesn't mean you don't do something to put yourself in a safer place physically. It's that you just know that there's a place in me that cannot be killed. That cannot be hurt. And there's a place in me that is safe that's beyond space and time, beyond circumstance and people, that there is a safety that's already here. And can I let go of wanting to get it from the outside world? And can I rest in it again, just for now, as best you can? But then there's another dimension to security, and that is emotional security. Have you noticed that the ego really has a survival instinct, right? That when somebody criticizes you, it's like they're attacking you, right? You've noticed that, right? That's why we become defensive because we're being attacked. Someone is judging us. Someone is criticizing us. Someone is putting a label on us. And our sense of self, our ego, feels threatened, right? We feel threatened by that. We feel attacked. We, we almost feel like there's a psychological form of death. There's a psychological survival instinct. I need to protect my image. I need to protect my reputation. I need to protect my sense of self. This is what's coming up when we feel disrespected, when we feel maybe dismissed, when we feel unfairly criticized or blamed, we get defensive. What are we defending? We're defending our sense of self. We're defending who we think we are. And we're only doing that because there is a psychological survival instinct that's coming online. 
So we can want to survive physically. We can want to survive financially. But man, most of the time, it is about surviving emotionally, psychologically. That's very often what happens when we get ghosted. It's, it's like, you're ignoring me. You're, you're ghosting me. You disrespected me. And, and it can really threaten the ego. It can really trigger our survival instinct. Okay, so can you relate to this? Maybe you don't experience physical survival issues very often. And maybe you're doing well financially and you don't really have a lot of worries about making your rent payment or paying your mortgage or buying groceries this week. Maybe some do, but maybe you don't. But I bet you can relate to this wanting to feel psychologically safe. I mean, when we talk about trigger warnings, you know, that's a phrase that's all about psychological safety, right? You're saying things, you're standing for something, you're pro-abortion, you're pro-life, you're on the left and you're woke and you're on the right and you're a supremacist. I don't know. (laughs) Going with the extremes here, right? But these things, they're not threatening us like physical safety. It's nothing about finances, but oh man, we can feel psychological threat. I don't feel safe. Like what are all these, this conversation about we need safe spaces. What's that? That's psychological safety. That's we're wanting to feel safe. Now they can try to get safe spaces. You can try to get people to not say things that you don't like. You can tell them that that triggers me and you can't say that and you can't believe that and you can't stand for that and you can't vote for this guy or that woman. Good luck with that. Good luck with trying to create an emotional safe space for yourself in the world. You're not going to be able to. But you still have this wanting to feel safe and secure and psychologically survive Can you find that? Can you source that from within yourself? Can you let go of needing it to be given to you from the outside? And can you rest in the awareness that you are safe right here, right now? Really, can you let go of needing people and circumstances to protect your fragile ego, your sense of self? Can you let go of putting it on other people to keep you from being triggered or feeling unsafe? And can you find the place in you that's already safe no matter what they say or who they vote for or what they do? That's what the journey is. I'm here to tell you, you're never going to be a happy person if you do it the conventional way by trying to get people, things, circumstances, and experiences to be the way you need them to be so that you can feel 
physically safe, financially safe, psychologically safe. You will not be able to do it. You will be in a constant state of turmoil. And you already know that because you've you've lived it. You are living it. I live it. Happens to me all the time. And by the way, these are not things that we do once and then it's done with. There is this ongoing recognizing when we're triggered, oh my God, I'm wanting security. Can I let go? Yes or no. Can I source it from within? Yes or no. And we do this over and over again whenever we get triggered. Because whenever you're triggered, it's one of these five things that that's really, these are really the buttons that are getting pushed. Maybe that's the best way to say it. You have five buttons inside of you. (laughs) And they are labeled security, approval, control, connection, and separation. And whenever something triggers you, whenever something pushes your buttons, one of those buttons is getting pushed. And when you can identify it, you will then recognize, okay, I got a choice now. Either I'm going to try to get the world to not push that button or I'm going to recognize there is no button that I can give myself and I am in who I am. I am security. I am approved of. I am everything that needs to be controlled is being controlled. I am connected. I am separate, right? So your buttons are going to get pushed. This series is all about what are you going to do when the button gets pushed? The conventional method is I'm going to try to make everything be the way it needs to be so that that button doesn't get pushed. Well, good luck with that. Keep trying. Or you can really enter the spiritual journey, which is, is there another way to deal with this when I'm triggered? Can I let go of wanting these things from the outside and can I source them from within? Okay, so that's the end of part one. That we just talked about the wanting of safety and security. Now, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to play you a, I think it's about an 11-minute guided meditation from my friend Jim Dethmer. You've heard me speak about him, especially in the last series. He's done a, a, a guided meditation on security, approval, and control. He doesn't include oneness and separation in this. And I'm going to play this same meditation at the end of the first three parts of this series because we're going to deal with security, approval next week, and then control the week after that. And I'm going to tag the podcast with this 11-minute meditation. And so maybe security really isn't your thing. Well, then maybe you skip this meditation. But maybe next week we talk about approval. You're going to want to do this guided meditation on approval because that's your thing. Or with control. So, my God, I'm a control freak. I just feel so scared. I feel like I can't make things be the way they need to be. And so maybe control is your thing. And then then, then the meditation that Jim leads you on will really speak to you. So it's going to be the same meditation for the next three weeks. Maybe you listen to it for each one because you recognize, oh, there's a wanting in me of security and approval and control. 
and maybe each week I can follow along with what he's saying and it will help me source from within with all of those. Okay? So I will stop here and in a minute you're going to hear Jim's voice. There's nothing to it other than find a quiet space and just do what he asks you to do as best you can. And then I'll see you here next week for part two of the podcast. Here's Jim Dethman. Commitment number 11 of the 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership is the commitment to source approval, control, and security from the inside. Approval, control, and security are the three great wants. And when we think that they exist outside of ourselves and that we need to go get them from someone or something, it's a source of constant stress and suffering. So with commitment number 11, we make the choice to actually source these three great desires from the inside. Now, we learned about sourcing approval, control, and security from the inside from one of our great teachers, Hale Dwaskin, at the Sedona Method. If you've never gone there before, I highly recommend that you go to Sedona.com and learn and practice the Sedona Method. From Hale, we learned the process called the Triple Welcoming. In order to practice the Triple Welcoming, it takes nothing more than for you to bring into consciousness an issue, problem, or concern currently occurring in your life. And then as you bring that into consciousness, we're simply going to ask three welcoming questions. Now, as I ask these questions, I'm simply asking, in this now moment, as best as you can, could you welcome? Welcoming is simply allowing. It's letting what is be. Many of the great traditions have taught us that resistance is the cause of all suffering. And resistance comes in many forms. It's wanting to change something, yourself, another, or a circumstance. It's wanting things to be different than they are. So in the triple welcoming, we're going to practice just simply allowing what is to be. Actually welcoming it. Again, just do this as best you can in this now moment. So again, bring into your consciousness some issue, problem, or concern that's occurring in your life. And just go ahead and take the first one that occurs. And now we ask the first welcoming question. Can you welcome what is here now? So as you think about this issue, probably what comes to mind are pictures, sounds, sensations, thoughts, and memories. And that's perfectly okay. Can you just welcome all that as though it's a movie playing in your mind about this issue that brings up feelings and sensations and images and sounds. As best you can, could you just welcome all that? Just let it be here. And then second, could you welcome any wanting that comes up with all those pictures and sounds and sensations 
Maybe it's the wanting of approval, to be liked, to be loved, to be cared for and valued. Maybe it's the wanting of control. You're wanting a person, a circumstance, a condition to be a certain way. You're wanting to control time or money or another person. Just welcome any wanting to control yourself, the other, or the situation. Maybe you're wanting security, safety, survival. And again, if that's what's coming up for you, just welcome the wanting. We're not pushing the wanting away. We're just simply welcoming any wanting that comes up around this issue. And then third, could you welcome wanting to make all of this personal? As though it's about you or who you are. Now, of course, you're saying to yourself, it is personal. It is about me and who I am. But that's actually a belief. And so we're not asking you to not believe this is personal. We're just asking you, could you welcome wanting to make it personal? Just welcome that, that it seems so personal. And then could you, in this moment, rest as that which is beyond all wanting and beyond all need for anything to be personal? So now that you know the process, let's do it again. Allow it to come into consciousness something that's occurring in your life. It doesn't have to be negative or problematic. It could be experienced as positive. Just take the first thing that arises in consciousness. And first, could you welcome whatever is here now? So as that issue comes into mind, welcome any pictures, images, sounds, sensations, feelings, or thoughts. Instead of resisting, just open and allow whatever's here to be here as this situation comes into consciousness. Again, do this as best you can. And second, could you welcome any wanting that comes up around this? Sometimes it's the wanting of approval or the wanting of control the wanting of security. And again, just welcome the wanting. And then could you welcome wanting to make this all so personal? Wanting to make it about you or who you are. And again, no need to change this or try to not make it personal. Just welcome the wanting to make it all so personal. And then in this moment, just in this moment, could you rest as that which is beyond all wanting, as that which in this now moment is whole, perfect, and complete, lacking nothing. 
And could you rest as that which is beyond the personal, as presence or beingness itself? Now one more time, just a shortened version. Ask yourself this question, what's here now? And could you welcome whatever is here now? And could you welcome any wanting of approval, control, or security? And could you welcome the wanting to make it all so personal about you or who you are? And in this moment, could you simply rest as that which is beyond all wanting, beyond all lack, And could you rest as that which is beyond personal? Could you rest in and as presence and beingness itself? You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.